Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast. It's June 12th. I'm Kimberly Johnson in D.C. And sitting right next to me in Oakland, California, is the vivacious Steph Walton. (laughs) Hey, Steph. The dripping with sweat, Steph. Oh, I heard it's hot over there. Yeah, it's hot in Cali. What what are your degrees? Um, Today, it has has cooled substantially, but... um, Monday and Tuesday it was it was a hundred. Um, right now it's only seventy nine. Oh, that's not bad. And I actually love it. Like, I don't mind tremendous heat, but we're not built for that. Like, global warming yeah. is a thing, and people in Oakland don't have air conditioning in their houses. Right. And you know what? We're gonna have to have it now if we want to sleep at night during what's clearly not just a trend. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know. Uh, when we lived in Santa Rosa, I mean, I, I, I had air conditioning, but it was nice because you could have days that were 105, but then it would cool by, by like five, seven o'clock in that time period, it would go down to like the seventies. And then by nightfall, when it was time to sleep, it was in the sixties. So it was like doable. And there were only like two or three days out of the year that we needed air conditioner at night. But yeah, I mean, that's not any fun. But 79 is doable, but if the sun... 79 rocks. Yeah, if the sun is out, it can be hot in spots. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because we have had some really great weather here for the spring. Last year, we had no spring. It went from basically like snow to humidity. And now we've had a really kind of long, nice, cool uh, spring. But the thing that sucks is the guy who lives beneath me is a smoker. And if I have my window open, his cigarette smoke goes directly into our house. So it's like, fuck. I mean, you know, when I lived in California, I used to have my windows open all the time. And here you can't. I mean, obviously, in the summer you can't. And then uh, maybe cracked in the wintertime. But but I like fresh air. And this guy's smoking all the time. And there's nothing I can do about it. That would be kind of a bummer. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's kind of depressing. But, mm-hmm. hey, I guess you just have to find the joy. But I want to let everybody find know. Find the joy in the cigarette smoke. <laughs> uh, I want to let everyone know that this is our first podcast with the new production value. And so I'm slightly nervous, but I think it's going to be good. And I contacted the feminist next door. So she has some dates on her plate. Hopefully she'll be able to. She, wa- she said she'll come back in this month. So we have a way that we can actually call her and we don't have to worry and fuss with all the other. No um, fussing. No fussing with Skype. No mussing. <laughs> and so, yeah, we're, we're excited about that. And once again, thank you, everybody, for um, sticking with us, for helping us out with the new computer and all that. And, and next week we're going I, I don't know when Feminist Next Door is going to be available, but um, just consider June as the month that we're kind of like back in the flow. And um, so. Before we get started, I just, of course, have to remind everybody that Start Me Up is supported by listeners, and we rely on patrons to keep us going. So we hope that you consider supporting us with any dollar amount. You visit patreon.com slash startmeup, and you know you can pledge any amount. Uh, if, you, if you do $5 a month, you get access to End Another Thing, where Steph and I talk some shit about some shit. We talk about personal things. We talk about sometimes politics, sometimes feminism. I don't know. We talk about a bunch of stuff. Um, But then, you know, if I have a guest on and you're not here, another co-host, then they either do it with me or I find someone else. And sometimes it's free and sometimes it's not, but most times it's not. So subscribe and you could subscribe for any amount to support us because we're independent and we need, we need uh, funding. So there you go. That's right. <laughs> That's you know, so right. I thought of um, something, why we're angry and what makes us happy. Okay. And so I don't know if you're necessarily prepared for that because I just came up with it right before, <laughs> right before we got on. So I have some things that I can start with and then, you know, maybe you can chime in, but I'm going to start off with why we're angry. Um, this is one of many reasons, at least we're meaning women. Um, in Missouri, basically they want to, um, you know, have doctors rape women unnecessarily who 
want to have abortions. And and the deal is, it's an invasive, it's, I'm going to read, I think it's from the Washington Post, the invasive practice of, requ- uh, it requires doctors to insert, insert a speculum into the patient's vagina to examine her cervix and to insert her fingers into that patient's vagina while pressing her abdomen, abdomen to feel her rep- reproductive organs. It's not medically necessary. It's unpleasant. And this is what Republican male lawmakers have decided women must do if they want to have an abortion in Missouri. Mm -hmm. And it's state-sanctioned rape. I mean, it's not like, I mean, the woman has to consent because if she wants the abortion, she has to go through this procedure, but it's forced consent. It's not like she's like, oh, sure, fun. It's humiliating and it's not necessary. Well, it's un- it's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's also, uncomfortable. This is, it's not I mean, it's not it's so many wrong things. Yeah. Um it's it's completely unnecessary. You know, one of the one of the physicians who had to to perform that unnecessary procedure which is being called sta- state sanctioned sexual assault mm-hmm. by the physicians themselves. Right. This this one doctor said she had to do it and it broke her as right. a physician. And and one of the you know one of the um, spokespeople for the the organization. And I don't know if it was a Planned Parenthood. I mean, it's in Missouri. The only one that's there, I think, is Planned Parenthood. But she was saying that the the patients are apologizing to the doctors. Like, I, I'm sorry, you have to do right. this to me. Oh my like god! Like if that's not a woman, like women are so tough. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. But like, you know what? Yeah, it's horrible. I've I've been I've been in the situation where you know just the the examination. Yeah. And then knowing what you're there for, why you're being examined in the first place. Like nobody wants to have a freaking abortion. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it's like, not something that you're like, oh, this is going to be fun. Let's mm-hmm. go have and let's get, you know, let's get uh, a doctor to unnecessarily stick their fingers up our vaginas. And, you know, I mean, it's really sad because doctors, th- th- this procedure, this exam that broke this doctor is an exam that she performs often with absolutely no humiliation or no pain. But because she, because. Republican lawmakers are forcing her to do it. She's broken. It's unbelievable to me. And it's just what it's doing, unfortunately, all of these things cumulatively, whether it's the abortion bans or any kinds of rights rolled back, that rapists have more rights than victims, um, it's making all these Republican men emboldened. I mean, it starts, they were emboldened before Trump, but Trump came along bragging about, you know, grabbing pussy. Everyone thought that would be the end. And it wasn't. And all these Republican men, and and a lot of them are trolls, like Matt fucking Walsh, who's on Twitter. And, you know, he he, he thinks he can sit there. Well, he does sit there on his high and mighty high horse and dictate to women that we're murderers and that we kill babies. And they feel so emboldened. And and it's Mm -hmm. fucking infuriating. I mean, it's, it, it makes me so angry that I can't even, I just, you know, and then of course the same old song, why are you so angry, Kimberly? Why do you hate men, Kimberly? <laughs> it's like, ah, um, why don't you hate these men? It's not that I hate all men. God, how many times do I have to fucking explain that? How many times? And you know, it doesn't matter because there's always a new man coming along blaming whether it's me or somebody else for hating men. And it, it, it's just, Jesus Christ, can't you see the difference of patriarchy and, and men? You know, I mean, I'm with a man, you're with a man. We're both, we both love many men in our lives and we both admire, like, look at John Stewart. I want to just give him the biggest hug in the world for defending those first, uh, oh God, the, uh, what are, responders, responders, first responders yeah. to 9-11. That it, was, that was so, that was so emotional. Yeah. Um to watch why should they have to go back and beg I know. so they can you know five seconds was their response time what the hell 18 yeah. years later um you know as much as I, I just just to kind of dovetail off of that subject onto something that I heard Pete Buttigieg say which is you know he fears that people who were born after 9-11 are about to go to war mm-hmm. for the war we started fighting because of 9-11 right that makes a lot of sense, and it's really sad. It's just did, it, did, it's, that, did that make sense? Did yeah. that come out with yes. sense making? Oh my god! 
Excellent. <laughs> I took my dog for a walk before it got to be 7,042 degrees. <laughs> um, and I put my... I, you know, I like to listen to the news. I like to be aware. Yes, I'm listening to NBC, but I it, it was there were some great clips. I listened to the John Stewart. I listened to to Pete, um, and I'm just what, what my my thing is right now. Um, this issue with our 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 rights, women's rights, our our choice, our freedom of choice. Our by the way, I'm having an abortion, and it's none of your damn business. Mm-hmm. Why? Um, that is, that to me is the biggest, um, violation of my freedom. Mm -hmm. Um, it also is, it's, um, our, our lives are at risk. Our women's lives are at risk. If that, that freedom is taken away, that right is taken away. And that's, that's the biggest issue for me right now. You know, I was talking with some people in politics last night about, Number one, what what should be the number one issue of a certain elected official when they message to their to their constituents? Um, is it impeachment and being on the right side of history and wanting you know to push forward for an impeachment of the of Trump, or is it um, a woman's right to choose and the fact that that freedom is about to be could very well be taken away? It, it is being taken away from some women across mm-hmm. the country and has been taken away right. from many women across the country already. And I, that's my that's my number one issue. That's my number one issue, because on the ground right now, if we if that's taken away, that just that that a domino effect begins where yes. so many more because that's because that's um, that's racism. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's the the continued promotion of inequity that's um telling women you know what you can't you can't work because you're going to be forced to stay home and have a child Mm -hmm. or you're going to lose your job because you had to take three days off for a waiting period to go get an abortion across the state Mm -hmm. or across state lines or more than three days because sometimes it's a matter of um you know they have to prove that they're pregnant and then wait so does that mean that they have to drive and and get a hotel yeah they've got to go back if it's missouri they're going to St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the only place where it's available, and now they've got to go for that pre-exam. Yeah, the state-sanctioned sexual uh, assault, and then they got to go back, and then they got to. It's like it's it's just it's telling women and and predominantly women of color that and poor um, women, yeah, and poor women that you are if you have a job you you are at risk of losing it. If you have a job and you are forced to have a child, you are at risk of use of losing it. If you have to take matters into your own hands, you're at risk of losing your life. Mm-hmm. Like I just that that's the that's the number one issue yeah. for me in politics right now. Yeah. And then, I mean, you add to that. It's not I mean, right now they are obviously focusing on abortion bans and, and torturing women with um, state sanctioned sexual assault in Missouri. But then it you know, it's other things, whether it's how much women are paid compared to their male counterparts. It's about mm-hmm. how state laws can be repealed and ro- rolled back. Um, I don't know if you saw, but John Oliver just did a wonderful 15 minute uh, segment on the Equal Rights Amendment. And he basically just gave us the quick rundown. I mean, he, he included Phyllis Schlafly, who was the main opponent and helped kill the ERA back in the 70s, or at least kill the momentum to get it you know, ratified by all 38 states. We stopped short at 35. Now we've got 36 and 37, and we just need 38. But he explained, you know, how the 14th Amendment is interpreted differently by legal scholars. So therefore, you know, some legal scholars are like, nope, doesn't include, discri- you know, gender discrimination protection. So he did a fantastic job of doing that. If, you know, anybody out there who's interested, just Google it. John Oliver, I think it's last week tonight and there's ERA. It, he really fills you in very quickly, gives you the, the history. And, and that's the other part of this is that. It's not just about abortion. Abortion is the main thing they're going after. But, you know, they're, and I don't give a shit. I just want to say I understand there are people out there who are religious and they truly believe that it's killing a baby. And OK, fine. I can respect the fact that you feel that way. So you don't have an abortion and mm-hmm. you can let God decide what to do to the woman who has an abortion. 
It doesn't have to be up to you. It's, a, it's, it's, it's up to the, right now, it's legal. So, um, of course, the goal is to make it illegal. But if, if that's really how you feel about it, if you feel that it's murder, then let God decide. If the woman's going to go to hell, just it's none of your business. <laughs> if that's what you think, let let her pay, hell. let her deal with hell, and you go on with your life. Right. But um, so it, yeah, it's I, I totally I'm there with you, and you know what? I just want to say let's let's turn this into what makes us happy. You know what makes me so happy is seeing Elizabeth Warren run down the street with a rainbow feather boa at the pride parade. You have to have seen that, haven't you? Is, oh, my God. That I, just I, made it, me it, so it, happy. She, to me, like, look at that little fit as a fiddle. I know. Where does that energy come from? I know. She, she is like, she literally brings me joy. She makes me so happy. And I love that she's always saying, running for president, that's what girls do. And she sends that message. And then I don't know if you saw, there was a tweet yesterday, but you know, she calls people who make donations to her campaign. And she called this woman and the woman just went, holy shit, when she was on the phone with, I with Warren. I call me. I know, me too. I've made donations and it's like, please call. Although I always have my cell phone on mute, so I don't always hear the phone ring. But I would be just like so jazzed to get a call from Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, I'd be sobbing before she finished her saying her <laughs> But last of course, name. I'd be like, talk about the ERA. Please talk about the ERA. Um, yes. I did actually get a, a, a message from somebody from her campaign specifically because um, she was looking to find different people on on Twitter to just basically amplify articles or information about Elizabeth Warren. And, and then she's, you know, I, mean, I don't really know who this woman is and I want to see what this group she's going to put me in. A, it's like, it's just a Twitter DM group. And I want to see who's in this group and everything, because I'm not absolutely sure if she, you know, you never know if someone is who they say they are. Um, and I know she's part of the campaign. She's got Elizabeth Warren's name in her bio. She, she tagged her. So I'm going to assume that she's part of that campaign. And I don't know how close she is to Elizabeth Warren, but she said something along the lines of, you know, if there's any particular topic of interest that you don't feel Warren is talking about, you know, feel free to let me know. So, of course, I said the ERA. I would like for her to talk about the ERA more on you know, while she's campaigning and kind of con mm -hmm. because she takes what I love about how she campaigns is that she takes her personal stories and weaves them into why she creates certain policy or how it how it is connected to certain policies. Like because, you know, she found a oh, God, is it a charter school? What's the kind of school that she went to? I can never remember the name of the school. Some kind of school, I don't, some kind of college. I don't know. It's a college that she went to. That was like, I don't know, 50 bucks a semester. And oh, she, well, it was just the University of Houston. That was just a commuter college. Commuter, thank was, you. Yeah, so she was, commuter colleges, like San Jose State is often called a commuter college, although it's just so much more, that it, it, it pisses me off. <laughs> but they're, you know, they're, they're state or um, state universities, public universities, where people are allowed to live and work and then commute to school and commute back home. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Commuter. I always, I always get that messed up with charter. You know how I am with words. That's okay. <laughs> I always I was forget like, I was words. trying to, and I'm like, I'm like, Oh God, what am I? Am I, am I uninformed? God darn it. No, I'm totally freaking informed. It's Houston. <laughs> but yeah, so she's talking about how she had gone to school and college and met the love of her life and figured that's it. I'm going to be a housewife, but she had this dream of being a teacher and then she went to commuter college and boom she's a special <laughs> needs teacher so right. she and then so now she's explaining how she wants to make you know college wipe out the debt and make it affordable and and all that so I just wish that she would do that I wish that somehow she could like when she's talking about equal pay or whatever it is um, that women and men would benefit from the equal rights amendment she could also kind of like weave that in and then I'd also like for her to, because it's always known as the woman's amendment or like women, but it isn't. It's gender discrimination, period. It's protection against gender discrimination. And while women experience more discrimination than men, men experience it. And so there are, you know, there are men out there, whether it's fighting for custody or whatever it is that they're doing, and they feel like they're not being treated fairly just because they're a man. Um, this amendment would help. And so it would be great for her to explain it in a way that, you know, doesn't just make it sound like it's equality for women because it would definitely benefit. And, and the great thing about it, there was a, um, a Jerry Nadler had a hearing 
I think it was like the first hearing in 37 years or something. And there were, there was a gay person and a trans person, or at least those two um, groups were brought up into how they would be included. And when I spoke with Kate Kelly uh, earlier, she, she attended that hearing with Alyssa Milano. She's a lawyer and she explained that because the case was made for gay people and for trans people that um, now it's on the history books. So when, in, when it gets passed and enshrined in the constitution, obviously there's going to be a while um, there will be cases that will be brought up and heard by the Supreme court and all of that. But they, you know, the, the, the lawyers can go back to these hearings and say, yes, the intent of this was to protect gay people or trans people or, you know, whoever. So we didn't have that before. And I know that, you know, I, I remember I was talking to a group of women who, um, we're saying, are gay people going to be included in this? And I said, well, because it says on the basis of sex, then it includes everybody. But now it's in the history. Well, not books, but it's, it's on record. It's on historic record. So that, that would just be great. I, I would love to be able to get Elizabeth Warren's ear and let her, you know, have some talking points on that. But we'll see. You never know. Right. You, you just got to keep you got to just keep putting it out there. It's not because she doesn't support it. She's no, got a she plan does. for that. Hey, now. <laughs> what I love, uh, you know, when, when she started talking about her experience at the commuter college and going and getting her, her degree and, and living the dream of becoming a, a special education teacher, which I think is lovely, she also was going to leave that job because her child care options fell through. Yeah. And that's right. when her Aunt B came on the scene. Aunt that's B. how fucking Aunt B. I love Aunt B. I keep wanting to say Aunt B. Aunt just B. like Andy Griffith right. and, and Ron Howard when he was so darling. Oh my god, I know. But but Aunt B came and she's like, not everybody has an Aunt B, okay? Yeah. And so women, that's just it, it's it's gender discrimination on the basis of you got to stay home with your kids. You can't yeah. go to work because there isn't childcare out there for you. And it shouldn't quality childcare should not be based on how much money you make. And so that there was her, that that's how her universal childcare yeah. um, idea came about. And, and you know, it's, it's a two cent tax on every dollar after 50 million. Yeah. And she's going to, she's going to wipe out, student loan debt she's going to create universal childcare based on how much money you make it's it's if you make fifty thousand dollars and you're living in the state of arkansas you and your partner will get the same quality childcare that someone living in in brookline massachusetts who makes 200 grand a year gets whatever it's a, it, yeah. but it's a sliding scale and it's you pay what you know according to what you make it's, it's just brilliant and and you know i can't be more in favor of a wealth tax at that level. Yeah, 50 like, million, you, know, you can handle on. two cents on a dollar. Jesus, I know why we're broke, because everything we make, we're like, yeah, you know, we're going to take care of our, our family and our kids. But I want to, you know, if I were sick, Jesus, God, if I had that much money. I know. The amount, I would be like, no, no, tax me more. Yeah, exactly. Please. Uh, exactly. Well, you know what? Here's some interesting numbers. This just came out from The Economist, and it's a YouGov poll. Uh, which candidate or candidates are you considering voting for in the Democratic primary uh, caucus in your state? Biden, 50 percent. Warren, 45 percent. Harris, 39 percent. Sanders, 38. Buttigieg, 34. O'Rourke, 24. Booker, 23. I think this is an interesting poll because now Warren has um, Warren minute, and Harris. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Biden is 50 yeah. percent. Warren, 45 Harris, 39, Sanders, 38. So both of those women have jumped over Sanders, mm -hmm. which and I mean, this is this is one poll, but still it's kind of interesting. And Biden is in the lead, which I have some things to say about Biden in a minute. But um, it's interesting to me how both of these women who I absolutely adore. I mean, I'm going to say that I, I still hold Warren in the first place, but I, I if Kamala Harris is the uh, nominee. I will be so ecstatic and happy, and I, I adore her too. I love both of these women, and I don't want to love any of them. 
I don't want to love them. I just want to say, okay, this is, I'm happy with this candidate, but they are exciting to me because they are fresh. They have fresh ideas. And because we have had to deal with a misogynistic, uh, you know, media and electorate, Hillary Clinton kind of paved. uh, I wish Hillary Clinton would have won. Unfortunately, there were too many things working against her and, but she did pave this road for these women right now. And the things where, you know, like there was that um, moment when she was debating with Trump and then he was like stalking her and, and she told Rachel Maddow, or I think she wrote in her book that at that moment when he was standing behind her and basically breathing down her neck, Mm -hmm. she had a choice. And I mean, she's been criticized for not speaking up, but I will never criticize her for that because this was something that while it probably would have served her to speak up, Um, Mm -hmm. this had never happened before. She was trying to, you know, be the calm, sensible person with this crazy fucking reality television star breathing down her neck. And she had a quick moment down her neck. But that's like that was um, that was in that was physical intimidation. Yeah. That he was that, and and it was for everyone to see. I, but anyway, I don't I don't mean to 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 um, interrupt you, but that was that was scary. Yeah, it was scary and uncomfortable. Okay. And it's like, yes, it would have been better if she would have just said, "Would you please take a few steps back? You're in my space, and you're making me feel uncomfortable." But she didn't because, or you know, she could have also been more sarcastic. But she chose to ignore it. And she said, you know, like I had this split second. Well, the women of, of you know, this campaign or, or, or election cycle have seen now that, you know, the public would like for women to speak up. I mean, not to say that Hillary Clinton didn't know, but she was in a very unique position and nobody had been in that position before. So, yes, it would have been better if she if she would have said something, but would it have won her the election doubtful? It just would have been a moment where women would have been like, "Yeah, but she she was a professional and she was, you know, uh, dealing with so much misogyny and she couldn't do anything without the press coming down on her or, you know, making fun of her or criticizing her for something. So in that split second, she was like, I'm just going to behave like the professional that I believe I should be and we'll just keep going. So, you know, but what what that moment, at least for me, signifies is that it would have been better if she would have spoken up. And the women who are running today see that and they're not afraid. I mean, look at the way Kamala Harris grills these the like whether it's Michael Cohen or Barr or any of these people. She is fearless Mm -hmm. and she has no time for bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and like with Elizabeth Warren, even though, <clears throat> even though I think Kamala has more of an edge because she's a prosecutor and I think, you know, Kamala or I'm sorry, Elizabeth comes from more of that um, sweet folksy, even though she's, you know, strong, she's got that folksy kind of sweetness about her. She doesn't take shit. You know, she, she's so strong. And I was kind of worried in the beginning that Warren wouldn't have, whether it was the vocal strength or the oomph in her soul to push it, she's doing it. So both of these women are just um, phenomenal. And then there was another, uh, I'm going to get it here, there was another poll, and it was a Quinnipiac poll. I think it came out yesterday. So they have, you know, how how the um, Democratic candidates rank against, or how they rank against Trump. So Biden, 53, Trump, 40. Sanders, 51, Trump, 42. Her- uh, Harris, 49, Trump, 41. Warren, 49, Trump, 42, Buttigieg, 47, Trump, 42, and Booker, 47, Trump, 42. So so this has upset Trump so much that he told his aides to lie about this, about these uh, numbers that he's just like dying in the polls against Democrats, all of them, including Booker. Including Booker. Yeah, so I think that that's kind of... I love Cory Booker, but yeah, including Booker. Yeah, well, I, I do like Cory Booker, but he's clearly not going to... He's he's not going to make it. I think that his voice is needed. And, I you know, same with Buttigieg. I think that the four we're looking at and have been looking at are, you know, Biden, Sanders, Harris, Warren, and yeah. Right? That's four. Biden, Biden, <laughs> Biden Sanders, Sanders, Harris, and Warren. Yeah, so well, I, I think Buttigieg, that those... Well, and Buttigieg, I mean, we can't... No, that's true. Yeah. There is because I mean, you know what he rate he went up from like one percent to fourteen percent 
in some poll. I think it was Iowa. Right. So, and the other thing is Kamala Harris just came out basically and said if she's elected president, um, that her Department of Justice, Justice would likely pursue criminal obstruction of justice charges against Trump. Former. Correct. It would be a former president. I mean, they're not going to do it. Of course, she would win and he would be a former. So I think that that would be amazing. That would be amazing. I mean, I don't know. You know, it sets some kind of a precedent for administrations. You know, the Obama administration did not go af- after Bush because I think the reason is just because it's then every presidential um, administration will go after the one before. And so mm-hmm. you want to be careful. But in this particular case, Trump is just egregious. Egregious? <laughs> he, I mean, he's egregious. He's so far in his own um, category in terms right. of like criminal behavior. Yes. and And I still, like, I just, I don't really know how to articulate this, but I've kind of, think we don't have a president for the last right I agree with you and um you know I hate it when my husband uh, he he said this the other night I I just you know he could very well be reelected again and I'm like I that will not stand (laughs) that will not stand but I then I think about Democrats and how stupid the, the leadership is in terms of like, are you going to impeach or are you right. not going to impeach? Are you going to unite or are you not going to? Are you going to be nice to each other on the debate stage or are you going to be evil? You know, like, let's take a stand. First of all, 24 people running for president all at once is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It's not necessary. Now, I granted there were there were 17 nincompoops on the on the Republican <laughs> yeah. stage last time. You know, my favorite, and I say nincompoops because I just can't stop thinking of Ben Carson like getting his cue to go off. I know, off I know. And then that was so fun. Everyone was so confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then we're laughing, and Trump is in the White yes, House. Yes, exactly. So well, I mean, I, I, I guess just I'm wanna, laughing at myself. I want to interject and just say that Rachel Maddow said that when um, there are a lot, I mean, she specified Democrats, but I think it, it doesn't matter the party. When there are a lot of candidates, that's usually the party that wins. So there's that. I mean, like history, based on hist- what? history, based on, based on and, history. And, okay. Based on history. But now history includes the the Russians in, involving themselves in yeah in well that, like that you know you, so the, what, do, is that history without that factor of course involved? of okay. course of course so I mean then, we don't so know what they're going to do history doesn't mean shit well that's true because we are okay. in a new, we are in a new world but it's like at this point in the game I I, I have no idea I I think the thing is is we we can count on Russia interfering we can count on whether it's social media manipulation. Um, you know, brainwashing techniques, propaganda, all of that stuff. That's all out there. Like, for instance, we just learned, not that it was a big surprise, but um, the Russians were behind the anti-vax, you know, debate where they were pushing both sides of the debate just to sow division. So, you know, they're going to be doing things like that. And what's really scary, I I hate thinking of this, but you know, there, there's so many different things that they could do because they're they're growing more sophisticated by the day. There, and I don't know the proper name for this technology, but Bob showed me a video of a, of an actor, a recognizable actor whose name I can't remember, and he was doing an impression. He was like on a talk show being interviewed, and he was doing an impression of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And so somebody manipulated this video to make this actor look exactly like and sound exactly like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So you can, you can make someone look like, you know, you can create a false video. Like, so basically the Russians could create a video of Elizabeth Warren saying that I've raped children or something horrible. You know what I mean? And people might believe it because it looks like she's saying it. And so we're, we're not only up against, um, you know, the, uh, what we were up against in 2016, there's, you know, what are Mitch McConnell isn't doing a goddamn thing to protect us from anything. Nobody in this administration has. So what does that mean? Are they going to change literal votes or are they, would they hack into the computers of the final vote tally and change those? Um, There's so many awful possibilities, but I think the only way we overcome something like this is to just like show up in numbers, 
too big to ignore. And I will go back to a couple of weeks ago, Axios did a story that that is the prediction for 2020, that we're going to see a huge blue wave. And they're basing it mainly on 2018. And I, you know, and, and voter, voters paying attention. So while half the country is still not paying attention, I think more people are. And we had, you know, if there's 300 million people in the country, last election, you know, 100 and say 120, 140, 140 million voted. So that leaves like, you know, more than 150 million people. If we could grab 10% of those people, that would be a huge number. And it would, it could be, depending on what Russians do, enough to overcome whatever they're throwing at us, as well as the GOP with gerrymandering and voter suppression and all that. So, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, we, I'm with you, though. We cannot accept that Trump will win again. Right. We just can't. No. And then, no. so this brings me to Biden. And I want to say that, you know, I mean, I, I get shit when I point out things that he does and says. I think that are not... Uh, really when he's not reading the room and people criticize me and they say that I'm being divisive or whatever. And it's like, well, you know what? This is the time we vet our candidates. And I don't feel, I don't feel that Joe Biden is, you know, even though he's polling so high right now, that's not the um, feeling that I get from so many people on the internet. And I know the internet is not the real world. I totally know that. But I also know that when you look at what, when people are, talking about who their favorite candidate is. Warren seems to be the number one person. Um, but I'm also not seeing pundits on television. I'm not seeing people who are extremely excited about Biden. They are noting that he's number one. And they're noting that Trump is nervous about him and all of that. But they're not saying he's a great guy and he's the one to beat Trump. Um, and of course, the you know, Biden has chosen not to campaign quite as much as his counterparts. And what I have to, you know, he, he's fundraising and he's doing some things here and there. But like, I think Elizabeth Warren has already done like 90 town halls and he's choosing not to, to campaign quite as much. And I just to that, I say, you know, imagine how media would have treated Hillary Clinton if she offered no policy plans and chose to campaign less than her Democratic op opponents because she had name recognition, she was Secretary of Strait State, and she was a popular senator. Well, look at, I mean, Wisconsin. Yeah, know? I mean, they criticize her all the time. They're like, she right. didn't go to Wisconsin. She didn't go here. She didn't go there. And it's like, but then some of these same people are going, oh, well, it's a really savvy move for Biden not to do that. But Hillary was a bad candidate because she didn't do it, and Joe is a good candidate for not doing it. It's like, this is the most important election of our lifetimes. And we say that at every election and it's true, but this truly is. And Joe Biden is out there saying that um, Republicans are going to behave normally when Trump is gone. I don't know why, you know, Molly Jong fast had the answer to that. Say hello to Merrick fucking Garland. Mm. And um, also he said that he was going to, if he is president, he's going to cure, he's not, he will, but cancer will be cured within two years or something like that. And then the other thing that he, oh my God, he said, uh, Liz Goodwin from the Boston Globe tweeted, Joe Biden meets a voter's granddaughter in an Iowa coffee shop and asks her her age. She says 13. He addresses her brothers. You've got one job here. Keep the guys away from your sister. Now, I have a problem with this because the message is, is that men have to protect men from other men, or women from other men. I don't think this is a, a good message to send to our girls. I, I think that he means well. I think that he's obviously coming from that, oh, protect your loved ones, take care of your sister. But again, he's not reading the room. He doesn't understand this, like, Me Too era. And women are fucking pissed off at abortion bans. And we're sick and tired of being treated like shit. And 60% of men in the workforce don't feel comfortable mentoring women. So to tell a little girl or to say in front of a little girl, boys need to take care of you from, from men or other boys, I think is not a, 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 a what's the word, it's, like a productive a message. Well, it's not a. It's not only a not a productive message, but it's it takes power away from women and girls. Yeah, 
and it and it puts an undue pressure on boys. Like, yes. First of all, I tell my kids because I have a boy and a girl, and my son is older. But I'm like, you are each other's people. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> and when somebody is like, first of all, there's nobody in the world that is made up of what you two are made up of. Like you're unique in that way. And you have this bond and you have, um, you know, you have uh, a, a responsibility to look out for each other mm -hmm. regardless, you know. Um, and it's not, you know, my daughter's a tough cookie. <laughs> and but she's also an empathic and loving and caring person when she sees injustice you know, on the playground in the fifth grade and it's, and it's boys against girls, she'll stand up and say, what? Yeah. You don't think we can beat you cause we're girls. Watch this. <laughs> I love and her. Then, and then their male PE teacher says, great job girls. <laughs> it's cause you, it's, you know, you did the work and you won. And that's what, you know, listen, Stand up for people, mm -hmm. Joe Biden. We stand up for each other. Yeah, we don't take exactly. care of the poor, weak girls and boys. It's incumbent upon you to take care of the, of the. What do they? Was it the fairer? Right. Or the the fairer the, sex. Right. The fairer sex. Right. No, we look out for each other because we're human beings. Yeah. Okay. And because when people do bad shit to women and girls, that's just wrong. Right. Okay, and women stand up for women, and men stand up for men, and women and men stand up for girls, and trans stand up for, you know, I mean, like, the list goes, we're human, mm -hmm. and that's where, that's the message, this isn't 1960. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I mean, you can't have uh, somebody campaigning and saying things, and then other people going, well, what he meant to say is, this is what he really meant, and it's like, you can't do that, you gotta mean what you say, and we've got... We've got two incredibly qualified women who don't need to get lessons on how to read a room. You know, I mean, we don't, they already understand it. And, and again, it's, I think he's coming from a good place, but this is from a different era. It's a different time. And, you know, I mean, obviously um, his heyday in, in politics, you know, I, I don't want to say I think it's past, but... I mean, he's had, when he was younger, when he was a younger man, things were different in this country. Certain things were accepted that aren't accepted now. And there's, you know, I don't think that there's anything wrong. I, I feel like um, when you, people view criticism as an attack, and I guess in a, in a way it is, but I remember when Pete Buttigieg, and my mother and I actually disagree with this, but Pete Buttigieg had referred to the ERA as, um, as like a retro thing. And, and my mom was not feeling, because I, I sent out a, a tweet to Pete Buttigieg basically saying it's not retro and it shouldn't be framed that way, blah, 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 blah. And, and so I, I know people felt that was an attack on Pete Buttigieg. I can't even say his name. And, you know, Chris, Chris, Chris uh, Matthews cannot say his name. Uh, he cannot. He says it wrong all the time. It drives me fucking crazy. But, <laughs> but I mean, my, my mom didn't feel that he was um, framing it in any kind of negative way. I, I just feel that it shouldn't be, no matter what, it, the ERA should not be framed in a, you know, as retro, only because it's going on right now. But either way, either way, because people did on, online criticize me also for attacking him. But then he talked about it at a later time, and, and the way that he talked about it was much more favorable. I don't know if he saw my tweet, but I know other people tweeted at him about that same issue. And frankly, I was really happy to see him take it on with like a more up-to-date version of how to talk about it. I don't, you know, I know there are a lot of feminists out there who are not fond of Buttigieg. I don't really have this big problem with him, I would have to know and actually want to talk to the feminist next door about that because I don't think she's a big fan. But I'd really like to hear her reasoning um, because I think she's smart and I think that she's um, she's got such an interesting take on things. And, mm -hmm. you know I, know, I also know Sarah Wood, who's been on this show, is also not a big fan. But I don't really understand what it is they're not happy with. I know that there's some bros. There's some Buttigieg bros. But to me, Buttigieg is different. So yeah. um, I like him. I mean, I don't think he's ready to be president yet, but I That's think some I think. someday he might 
he might be ready. He's he's I think he's calm and he's rational. He doesn't put forth yet or he hasn't yet put forth some policy proposals. Um, and he said that, you know, it's like it, it may, you know, it'll his campaign will evolve into that. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what he's going to be doing. But, um, you know, I, I don't I don't know how it's all going to roll out. But I but I think that in the bigger picture, we need a candidate who understands the current culture and understands how to um, address women's issues and so that women are not feeling like we're, we're you know, I, I appreciate the work Joe Biden has done for women with the Violence Against Women Act and all of that. I really appreciate it. But I also see that he's kind of out of touch with how to talk about these issues. If he's the right. nominee, I will gladly vote for the man. He's not my top pick, but, you know, I mean, I have to say this because people are so emotional during these, you know, uh, primaries or it's not a primary now, but, you know, the uh, election cycles leading up to. And, and it's like, God forbid you come down on a candidate. But I think this is the time that we voice our concerns. If, if you know, I think there's a difference between saying I'm not going to vote for Biden. To me, that's divisive and it's stupid. Oh, God. Um, I mean, I, I went to a party. Um, I have a really good friend who's exactly 20 years older than me. We've known each other forever. And um, she and her husband had a, a get-together last Friday night, and I went out. And most of the people were 20 years older than me or thereabouts, you know. And everybody hated Trump. Everyone in the yeah. room just, you know, like, we all agreed on that. But it was very interesting to get their take on, like, I was asking – who do you like uh, so far? And um, almost all of them did not, well, many of them were very outspoken about how they didn't like Warren. They just didn't like her. Hmm. Okay? That's interesting. But they'd vote for her. But everybody right. was in agreement that, like, if, if a flaming bag of dog <laughs> doo-doo is, is, is sitting there with a D next to it, that's who we're voting for. Yeah. Everybody was in agreement. So there was that. Mm -hmm. um, some of them liked Mayor Pete. Hmm. Um, most of them liked Biden. Well, that's not surprising because, because right, that is the group right. that is but like I'm holding just, strong. Right, but I'm just, you know, I'm doing my own sort of yeah. polling, you know, Walton polling. <laughs> um, and, and it's, and it's, it's done in a face to face fashion. And because they think the reason is because they think, he can win. Well, that's it. That's that's the patriarchal narrative. It's not. Yeah, it's not because they love his policies right. or what he's done or that he's you know championed and uh, the Violence Against Women Act, or uh, they don't care that he says stupid shit about. I bet you're as smart as you are, good looking, you ten year old. <laughs> I mean, ooh, you were the butcher I ran away from at the grocery store forty years ago. Okay, you were him. the disgusting man at the pool who whistled at me when I was seven. Mm -hmm. Like that's what that says. And if Simone Sanders isn't the right person to teach him how not to say that kind right. of stuff, exactly. Then no, then nobody, nobody can. Then nobody, nobody. Can. But yeah, I mean that block is you know my father's in that block and he feels the same way. He's like I'm a one issue voter. Who can beat Trump? And so right now the polls are saying Biden is in the lead. I think that you know it'll be interesting to see what happens because I've made the prediction that I believe Bernie and Biden are going to fall away, and I think Warren is going to rise to the top. I think Warren and Harris are going to be the top front runners, and I God I hope to see both of them. Although I would really like if Warren gets the nomination and then she wins, I would really like to see her um, put Kamala Harris as, you know, as a G, maybe more than than vice president. But it would be also awesome to have both of them. You know, I don't I don't yeah, care I the don't, combination. I, I, I personally don't think that would happen in America. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think it would be. Not to say I don't love it. Right. But that's I do my, think that's my, Kamala, that's my picture on Twitter, by the way. Yeah, the two of them smiling, smiling. To the camera together, face to face. But I still and think, you know, yeah, I think Kamala would make a better AG for the United States. I think that would be really awesome, I, meaning than vice president, um, because you don't get to as much power. I think as vice, you get more power as a, AG. So right, and she's right, so right, fucking right. amazing. Oh, she she's would so be amazing. perfect for that job, but and then, I would love it. 
Okay, God, I'm so excited that I just talked over you. My, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Honey. I'm so sorry. One of the, so I was driving home. So I live in Oakland, and the, the party that I was talking about um, last Friday night, that was in Marin County, and it was a long drive home. But it's not, you know, it's a quick shot over the Richmond Bridge, bada-bing, bada-boom. However, of course, there was one lane open on the Richmond Bridge. So it took me over an hour to get home. And I thought a lot about the conversations that were being had and how everybody, we all agree, like we're all in this thing together, right? Mm -hmm. Which is super encouraging. Yes. But those were all reasonable people, in my opinion, that I was that I was with. The Bernie bro thing just isn't as strong this no. year. I've seen a little bit of it. I've had to take a step back from Twitter because it was kind of corroding my my emotional capability to make like <laughs> to, to think to think like a reasonable person. Um, and plus, my husband was like, Stephanie, <laughs> stop, stop. Okay. So I've taken his advice a little bit and I've, I've sort of taken a step back. But here's the thing when I walked away from that group of people, those are, that's a, that's a big block of, of, mm -hmm. of American voters, that, that demographic, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're informed, they've been around. Okay, they've been around for 20 years longer than me. Mm -hmm. They came up through the civil rights movement, and there were people of color in that room too, um, and of different faiths. So I was, I was, I think it was a very thoughtful group. What I left there thinking is, it it's a real distinct possibility that it could be Biden-Harris. Oh, yes, absolutely it could be. Okay. Um, but I think that it'll be, I think what we need to do is watch what happens during the debates and then and watch the poll numbers. And Because if that starts to switch, already, you know, like we were talking about, Harris, uh, Buttigieg, and Warren are all jumping up. So mm -hmm. I see this trend happening where, you know, you, you come in, I mean, Buttigieg kind of came in with a big splash and then f he didn't fall back down per se, but he, you know, it's like, okay, more attention is paid on Biden. Okay, a little more attention is paid on Kamala. Okay, back to Buttigieg. So, you know, he came in as this big, like in a big <laughs> splash. And, I and love the way you say Buttigieg. <laughs> why? What, how are you supposed to it's say It's cute. No, it's adorable. You're like, you, you have a distinct way you say Buttigieg. <laughs> It's precious. It's amazing. Hey, I love it's it. fucking better than Matthews, <laughs> who calls him Buddha Judge. I think he calls him Buddha Judge. He he didn't even he done a freaking interview with the dude I seconds know. before, and then he goes Buddha Judge. Buddha Judge. You can't say it. But I but I think I think that's like kind of like the 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 slow one or the slow and steady wins the race. Um, I don't know that Biden's going to hang in there. And, and a lot of these voters who are baby boomers, including my father, if they see those numbers change, then I think that they're going to change their candidate. I think, you know, a lot of these people are um, voting for one reason, just as you said, you, you, you're voting about ab abortion rights and women's rights. I think I'm a lot voting of for a zillion things, but my number right, one right, issue your number is one. That. Yeah. And my father specifically said, I'm a one issue voter. Get Trump the fuck out. And so. I think a lot of boomers are feeling that way. And so they are looking, they are, not only are they looking at poll numbers, um, they're also looking at the person that they identify with the most. You know what I mean? Because Joe is from their, you know, they've known him. And then he was Obama's vice president. And, and how much did we love him? Yes. Come I mean, on. he's America's Uncle Joe. We so, so him. yeah, and it's like, again, I do not dislike the man, but what I see is that he is not up to speed. He doesn't, you know, does that necessarily disqualify him? No. I just would prefer somebody who's more up to speed and can read a room. And when he says, I'm sorry for doing, or actually he never really apologized for the making women uncomfortable thing, but he said, I acknowledge what I did made fe people feel uncomfortable and I'm going to work on it. And then he didn't, he didn't because he went and did it again. So it's like, did it hurt those women? No, but it was inappropriate because he had just said, I get it. I hear you. And then he basically ditched it and didn't. Well and I hate it when he jokes and says, I got permission right. to hug so-and-so. It's not like, funny. It's like, dumbass, take that out of your <laughs> repertoire. That's just, that's bordering on like, okay, now you're pissing me off. Yeah, that's the thing. You were an idiot before and it was somewhat <laughs> excusable. Now you're just pissing me off. Yeah. Because it wasn't, it's not even, it wasn't funny the first time and it's not funny the seventh time. Right. Well, you know, I mean, again, uh, we're, I'm going to reiterate. I don't give a shit if it is a flaming 
bag of shit running against Trump. I will I will vote for that bag of shit with the D next to it. Um, we all have our preferences, and I you know I will speak up about Biden when he says things that I don't like. One of the things that I'm seeing Bernie do that I'm not happy he's not doing it himself. But he's got surrogates out there who are attacking other Democrats. And I wish I wish that that wouldn't happen because this is such a delicate and, and uh, crucial election that we can't have we can't give Trump and the GOP talking points. You know what I mean? We cannot attack each other and give them talking points against us in the general election about mm -hmm. any candidate. So mm -hmm. I would prefer that Bernie just stick to what his policies are and how he plans on making this country better. You know, I, that's what I see these women doing. I don't see Buttigieg doing, you know, policy plans yet, but clearly he has some, you know, opinions. Uh, and I don't know if you saw his answer to, um, I think he was on Chris Wallace and they were talking about late term abortion and he gave an answer about late term abortion that I believe was better than I've heard from anyone. And it was just simply that this is a decision between a woman and the doctor. Most of these most of these women have picked a name. They've they've picked out a crib. They've decorated a room. So you know it it comes down to whether it's the life of the mother or some terrible horrible thing happening with the child um, that you know they're going to die or whatever it is. This is a heartbreaking decision. It's not something that's done lightly. And it was it was very eloquent the way he said it, and that it was between a patient and a doctor. Period. And, and it was just wonderful. So, I mean, you know, I think he's got a lot of good things to say. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'll vote for the blue person, but it's time for a woman. Uh, it's yeah. way past time for a woman. Because women, to get to the same place a man has gotten, have, have worked like 10 times harder just to get to that place. So even if they're standing shoulder to shoulder equal, the woman has worked harder to get there. It's just like Ann Richards said, you know, women do everything men do, but we do it backwards and in heels. And it's, that's, that's it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's just the bottom line. That's right. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, we're getting close to the end, but I do want to bring up one of the things that I'm doing, at least on Twitter, and I wrote a little bit about it, um, is just, Wondering, asking, continuing to ask, why are Republican men so angry? You know, because women, feminists are being accused of being angry man-haters all the fucking time. And, okay, granted, we are angry. <laughs> we have all kinds of things to be angry about. State-sanctioned sexual assault. Um, you know, men don't want to mentor us because they're too afraid that, you know, if they touch our boob, we'll tell on them. And, you know, there, there's just all these reasons that feminists are pissed or women are pissed, for, for good reason. We have um, clergy on, some pastor on Twitter was scolding women for coming to church with bare shoulders and that his, his, his priest friend was forced to say something in church because, you know, God forbid, you could see this woman's shoulders and I guess men were prompted to rape. And, um, you know, so we're, we're her so shoulders <laughs> made me crazy. I had to just pounce on her. So, yeah, I mean, like, OK, but what are fucking Republican men angry about? Is it that they see their losing power because the 2018 election showed them and me, too? I mean, they have all the fucking power. Most of it anyway. All what are they so have. angry about? They're so fucking angry all the time. I don't know because they, <laughs> they, 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 I, I tried to explain to my kids when like when when my son was um, in elementary school and they started learning about uh, Martin Luther King and and civil rights and what went down like they go deep at my kids school. And that's like, great. My, oh, my heavens to Betsy. It's it becomes a thing. And but they they're so puzzled because it's like, why? Why did this happen? And I said, fear. Mm -hmm. Fear of what? Well, fear of, of change and that change would involve um, a distribution of power that means mm -hmm. that they get a little bit less. Um, fear of, uh, you know, and, and my son, my son, I remember him just like continuing. He, oh, God, he's so like my brother, my brother who sat and peppered my dad with questions about, well, if Jesus was just a regular man, how did he walk on water? 
And if Jesus was just a regular man, how did he turn water into wine? And if Jesus and my dad was like, Jesus Christ, you know what I mean? And and my and my son was like, why? Why would? Yeah. Well, is it the color of his skin? I guess a little bit, but really what it is, it's they don't want to let go of their power. Yeah. And it's fear, it's 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 financial insecurity. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, you know, rooted in racism. I mean, look at those pictures at the at the the counter at Woolworths. Look at the right. look at white people spitting on and throwing rocks at children who just wanted desegregation. Mm-hmm who just wanted an education, whose parents just wanted to give them an education. And it, and it makes, when, when, when we talk about this stuff, to, I, I personally believe it's my duty to have these conversations with my, with my children and with, with you and with other people. And, and it needs to be heard because, you know, we've talked about, you know, like if you're not an able-bodied white man with, with, with money, you are of the oppressed. Yeah. That's it. Period. Yeah, and it's and just so degrees. Th- it's it's degrees. just degrees, exactly. And then you know, there's a, there's like a pecking order, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, as a, as a as a Latina and as someone who grew up in the state of California, um, as as w- with a with a Spanish surname and with brown skin, like we, my people, and and people like me, we learned to just sort of accept that we're going to be marginalized and accept that we're going to be called names. Even by educated, yeah, you know, non-racist. I'm doing, I'm doing air quotes. We can't see them right now, but <laughs> oh, well, you're not one of those Mexicans. Yeah, it's really easy to put people in a corner when you start to to call them out and tell them they're less than because of where they, you know, because of their socioeconomic status or be, whether or not they're they're able-bodied based on the color of their skin, based on the 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 religion or their faith, right? Based on their their gender, their, you know, whether or not they're of the L, members of the LGBTQ community. But the people that and, and so, you know, people from different oppressed groups can oppress on others. Mm-hmm. But there's a there's a pecking order for sure and at yeah. the top of it always are able-bodied white men with money. Yep. That's that's the top. Yep. That's and the they, top of I the think, heat. I think they do feel the heat. You know, it was funny. I asked on Twitter, why are Republican men so angry? And someone said, because they have to pay $130,000 for sex. <laughs> At least uh, to cover it up. But, oh, that made me laugh. But, yeah, I uh, it was so funny. Before we go, I just have to say, you know, I, I just grabbed. Last night I did a thread. And I asked that question. And, I you know, I put pictures of angry Republican men in there. And so I was looking and I found this picture of Ben Carson standing in front of the microphone because I, I googled like angry Republican men and <laughs> the picture of Ben Carson is so funny because he totally looks fake he looks fake angry the way he's holding his hands and his mouth is open and he's clearly you know passionate about something and it, it looks like he's faking it everything this man does he was uh, I, I, you know I can't stand him but he as I said he saved my stepmother's life and operated on her brain and, and really helped her. The guy does have um, gifted hands or whatever it's called. He he was in a he 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 separated conjoined twins that were joined at the fucking head. So there is a brilliance <laughs> to him, which he should have stuck with because as a politician, he is ridiculous. And this picture on that thread, I saw it and I was like laughing so hard I was crying because he just looks so fake. He's so full of shit. He's just so full of so shit. So full. He's got that fucking God complex. He even said, um, I, I don't know, when it was 2016 before he was, he decided to run, he said he, he felt God's fingers tickling him. It's like, oh, please. Ew. It's so gross. They all, they all fucking feel, they all talk to God, and God tells all of them to run. So I wonder what's the deal. <laughs> Why is God telling all of them to run? It's just I- so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It's like the, it's like the guy. So remember our buddy Andrew Jans who ran against yes. Devin Nunes for Congress, right? Um, he's running for mayor of Fresno. Cool, and we will and, have him on the show at some point. Oh, and he's just—I just love Drew. He's so on the right side of everything, and he's just so smart and decent. And the work that he does as a violent crimes prosecutor in Fresno—I mean, he's—he's he's 
such a solid dude, right? And his wife is freaking amazing. Like they're just, they're good people. Mm -hmm. And those are the people I wanna, you know, I'm, I will, I'm gonna knock doors for him. I'm going to donate to his campaign because I believe in him and that's, those are the type of people we need in office. Um, but anyway, he's running against the dude, the former chief of police, who had who had sex with an underage. I think she was 16 <sighs> while he was married. But God and his wife forgave him. Oh, of course. Because God told him he forgave him. God's like, that's okay. Just another, just another white Republican dude who does really not just not just skeevy and creepy stuff, but criminal stuff. Yeah, pedophilia. But that's correct. He's a, he's just a, he's a modern day Roy Moore. Yeah, um, and not that not that Roy Moore is not Roy, Roy Moore blocked me on Twitter. I know, congrats, <laughs> God, I, I envy you when that sort of stuff happens. <laughs> um, anywho, anywho, you know what I'm saying? Yes, it's just, it's, it's just come on, these people. I know these people. Well, you know, um, I don't know. I think that we're just going to have to stay strong during th this is going to be a really difficult time, as we've predicted. It's going to be difficult because. I mean, I think the debates themselves are going to be fascinating, but I think the reaction to the debates are going to be excruciating. So we all just got to be strong on this. And um, when we're going to go over uh, to the end another thing segment, and as I promised, talk some shit about some shit. But one of the things that I want to talk about, and it's an uncomfortable subject, but there's a reason I want to talk about it. It's TERFs, which is Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminists. I've had a run-in with them on my um, Facebook page, and it's just unbelievable. So I talked a little bit about it on um, Bob's After Party, which is a subscriber-only show, too. But I'm going to talk about that and a few other things. Um... So in, and another thing and another thing. <laughs> and uh, so that's pretty much it. Like I said, we're going to we're getting back into the groove. We're going to start getting guests on again. Um, we're going to be figuring out what I mean, obviously, we're doing four free shows per week now as opposed to two. But there's going to be some changes to, because now that I understand my capabilities with production, I have a better understanding of what I can pull off. So just expect that over time there might be um, additions, not not changes to what we have right now, but just adding on to, you know, whether it's if I can figure out how to get a women's roundtable, stuff like that. There's just more to come. So stay tuned. Yay. And then um, and don't forget to follow us. <laughs> <laughs> follow us on Twitter. What is your handle? At Lady Brain Show. And I am. And I don't. Why did I do that voice? Because it's fun to do a voice. Time. Because it's what? Because <laughs> it's 1124 Pacific Standard Time. You could reach me anytime at, at Lady Brain Show. <laughs> Kimberly, what's your. Back and to I, you. And I'm, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm author Kimberly, K I M B E R L E Y. Don't forget that L E Y at the end because of my mother. And um, also, we want to encourage you to, as you usually do, Ziggy and Andrew and uh, Ted the Cat, and I'm trying to think, um, Andrew, all of you, uh, God, there's so many people who comment, and, and we love your feedback, we want to hear from you, whether or not you disagree with us, we want to hear from you, because hey, we don't always all have to agree, and sometimes... Uh, you can present an uh, argument that will convince us or me or you or whoever. So um, anyway, so thanks for listening and we will be back next week. Maybe feminists next door. Maybe not. We'll see. Um, but you'll just have to stay tuned and find out. That's right. <laughs> you and your voice. All right, everybody. We will talk to you next week and we'll see you over at End Another Thing. <laughs>